welcome to I'm Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And today we have an awesome episode. I am so excited. One of my new friends, Celine, is going to be joining me. She is a writer. She is a host of her new podcast, Hey, We Need to Talk Podcast. And overall, she's basically my new BFF, okay? I was actually on Celine's podcast a couple weeks ago, and we just clicked instantly. Our connection, I feel like we're basically the same person. We have a lot of similar experiences and she has so much to offer, so much to share. And so in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about her, her inspiration for her podcast. And we kind of go off just a little bit on some other things, (laughs) but I think you're going to enjoy it. I loved talking to Celine. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here is Celine. Celine, you're on the podcast. (laughs) As I said in the intro, y'all, Celine is basically my new BFF. Okay. (laughs) I was on Celine's podcast and we just clicked. It was an automatic Mm -hmm. like connection, I feel like. Yeah. And here we are. (laughs) We made it happen. Okay. When I told Celine about planning the podcast, I was like, girl, I don't even really have a real outline because I just feel like our chemistry is just so good. Exactly. Like, I feel we like we're need good. one. <laughs> People should be a fly on the wall during a regular conversation. Should like, they? Because I, I don't know if they, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it'll be entertaining, but yeah. we will expose ourselves. So probably not. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, Celine, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. I know we're going to have the greatest time. Yes. Okay. So Celine, you already know what Mm -hmm. we do here. We start Mm -hmm. with our some type of way segment. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I am ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) I can start first. You guys know we always start talking about something that made us feel some type of way. So I'll go first and then I'll give you some time to think about it. So I was on Instagram the other day and I followed this girl. She actually has a podcast herself. And sometimes she does like, you know, Q&As with people. And there was this one Q&A that someone said, like someone asked her, oh, you know, like they just started dating this guy and um, it's been like maybe what a few weeks and there's something that she wants to tell him, but, you know, like she's afraid and, you know, like when is the right time to bring this up? And then then the person was responding, then the person responded saying something like, okay, just like be yourself and just say whatever and that's it. And it just got me thinking, this is something that I feel very passionate about, especially as I am now single. It's this idea of like, if I show this person who I fully am, and they don't like me as who I am then there is a problem with me and it's like this Mm. fear of 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 showing my true self Mm -hmm. it's a fear of showing my true self that they won't accept me and the way I feel Mm -hmm. about that is like listen if I show someone who I really am and they don't like that then that's just too bad sorry to them that they're not not gonna have this great person in their life exactly their loss But I just see this so much where women equate their value Value. based on how a man thinks about them. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ladies, no. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, I say that as someone who has already done this a lot. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how to not. Yeah. But it's just it's like, I just, I just want for all of us women to love ourselves and be so confident in ourselves that like, what a man thinks, what he says is not the determining factor on yes. Exactly. how we view ourselves you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it made me feel like ah, can we just love ourselves please let's just love ourselves <laughs> you know that's a difficult thing to do though especially when we grew up in a society which makes us think that our value is hinged to a man everything from marriage yes. to like how much money we make to like the workplace it's it's all encompassing and my some type of way is similar to that where I've been noticing this trend on social media where men have been talking about being high value men and Hmm. in that terminology I'm not even sure where it came from I don't know where it originated from but for whatever reason those type of men are also speaking derogatively Hmm. about women And I'm Mm -hmm. just not sure why the two have to coexist together when they talk about submission and they talk about this and they talk about that. Well, actually, I do know where it stems from. I don't I don't want to even go in that direction for this podcast. Let's keep it positive. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it positive. But my whole some type of way is seeing that delegation on my Facebook to to the point where I can't even go on Facebook anymore Mm -hmm. because it's become this mass movement of men who lack compassion and who think that, you know, women are supposed to be this sort of way and this is why you can't get a man because you're not doing this and you're not doing that and I think it really plays on women's self-esteem especially those Mm. who are coming up um, especially those who grew up in conservative communities because my Facebook is largely a conservative group of people Mm -hmm. my Facebook friends my Facebook community and I see this and I'm like who is there to teach these young women that no first of all you focus on God you focus on your relationship with Christ and don't let all these other men tell you this is what you have to do in order to okay. find a man. Like, why is that the primary focus for our young women, especially in this tender stage of our lives, especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic? Everything that the world is going through, I think there's just too much emphasis on what women are doing wrong and what we need to do and not enough on, you know, self-worth and self-work. Yes, yes. So. and I think that's the thing. That's the issue that I was having is, okay, we why why is the emphasis always placed on what we as women do my issue is the ties to men like why can't I just why can't it just be you are valuable period because Mm -hmm. you exist and Mm -hmm. that's it and take it or leave Mm -hmm. it for whoever you're trying to be with it's just the frustration I feel is I have to place my value in this man and and yeah Mm -hmm. I gotta be a certain way for this man and you know Mm -hmm. if I want to get a husband I gotta change the way that I am I know Mm -hmm. y'all need to change yourself how about that okay like (laughs) girl I'm in a place where I don't want to be bitter Mm. But I'm very frustrated just with the, our patriarchal society. We're just going to call it that. That's it right there. <laughs> That's it right there. That's it right there. And sometimes I need to take a step away from social media because I don't know where the advent, and I know where the advent of it is, but for whatever reason, it's like spreading. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody's home and their fingers mm. are idle and they need something to do recently a uh, point that i really really like is um 
Instagram handle is Words by Ezekiel, and he's a poet. And he was talking about this issue he has with um, people encouraging women to say that they're saving themselves for marriage. Mm, I think I saw this. Mm -hmm. As if saving yourself for marriage adds to your value, as if, um, you know, if you save yourself for marriage, it's going to attract a man faster. Mm. And he's like, no, first of all, you do this in in whatever stage, whether you have a low body count, a high body count, a no body count at Mm -hmm. all, you're doing this for Christ. You make that your center. Because when you... Uh, let women think that the prize is a man when they mm. when they're like worshiping god and being faithful to god and all that and it's not coming they think that's hinged on that mm-hmm. you know and it seeps into so many other areas of our lives yeah. Yeah. again self-worth self-worth we don't do things for other people it should never be for other people or for a man it should be for ourselves and to the glory of god and i just think that as much work as we're doing especially like with your podcast and with blogs and stuff like that it's like you teach to unlearn and then mm-hmm. somebody comes back up and is trying to tell these young women this is how you attract a man and this is how you do this and this is how you do that and it's so frustrating to see because you've I've been in that position before where I felt like I need to do certain things mm. in order to you know be attractive to a particular type of person mm. to a particular type of man and it really eats away at your soul girl. yeah I mean it, it plays into the insecurities because we all have them mm-hmm. and then what they tell us is well what you are actually insecure about you should be because men don't want that and it's like girl mm-hmm. <laughs> we can mm-hmm. go on all day about this <laughs> but I'm just in a place where I'm like I I have finally been able to say that I love myself now truly with what all of that means and I just Mm. don't want to continue to place my value based on another person and how another person views me like I what I think of myself is the most is most important and I want to be and what God thinks of me and I just wanted that to be the most important thing that guides my life instead of what this person thinks and that person particularly being a man you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right girl <laughs> Let's dive right in into the topic mm-hmm. at hand today because I was hoping we could get carried away with all of these things. But we're here to talk about you, Celine. <laughs> yes. So as I mentioned earlier, y'all, I was on Celine's podcast, her new mm-hmm. podcast, Hey, We mm-hmm. Need to Talk, which amazing you guys have to check it out it's amazing necessary conversations I don't really feel like I've ever seen conversations like this actually Mm. happening and it's crazy because it's 2021 you would think like by now it's time but I think you're doing something so important and so we're going to spend time talking about that I had Mm. the privilege of being your guest on the podcast and it was guest number one the first (laughs) guest an honor truly (laughs) (laughs) so Celine I just want to dive in and talk a little bit about the podcast how you started it how Mm -hmm. all this came to be so Mm -hmm. for those of you who guys don't who don't know Celine is a writer also so talented and she's very very passionate about mental health tell me Mm -hmm. what was your beginning stages of this passion like what ignited Mm -hmm. the passion for you all right, so 
in high school, I suffered with depression and anxiety. But at the time, I didn't really realize it was depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So as I got Mm -hmm. a little bit older and I started hearing these words, I went to college and people started to talk about it more. I realized I could put a name to the way that I was feeling. And in 2016, I started a blog. That blog blog is now defunct. It's not there anymore, but it was called From Soldier With Love. And I would write poems on how I was feeling. It was like my safe space. And to kind of tackle um, issues on depression. And then a little later on, I started to, um, on an annual basis, on Mental Health Awareness Month, Mm -hmm. I would write a special blog or put up a special video. And this particular year, I said, you know what, I want to try something different. I'm going to put out a series um, specifically about mental health. I'm going to talk about the adolescent. We're going to talk about men and their mental health. We're going to talk about technology. And then I stumbled on you there and I was like, I just love this girl's passion and her <laughs> talking about it's not, it's okay to not be okay because no one is saying this. And for the whole of, I would say the end of April and throughout May, the Holy Spirit would not allow me to sleep, mm. would not allow me to sleep because there were so many times where I doubted myself and this series, I said, what am I doing? Why am I here? I don't like to be seen on the internet, you know, <laughs> where people be dragging people and canceling people and cussing Relatable. people out. I get it. You see, and I'm such a sensitive person, but the Holy Spirit was like, no, you have to do this. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be the start of your podcast. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The name came out overnight. The Facebook page came up overnight. And I was like, okay, Lord, if this is what you want, no problem. And in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, if this could help one person, because in my journey with depression and anxiety, there was no one who understood Mm. um, what I felt because in a Caribbean community, especially we are taught and raised to be rough and tough and to swallow everything and just push it away, hide it away, sweep it under the rug. And I, you know, in high school, I tried to talk to my friends about it and they were like, oh no, everybody goes through that. That's normal. That's, Mm. you know, and I realized that still in 2021, there are difficult conversations that need to be had that nobody's having. And it's just a burden on my soul that if I could save one teenager who's going through something difficult, Mm. one young person, one young woman, it would be worth it because I know how I suffered in silence. Mm. I know how I didn't necessarily have support. And I think it's only recently where my immediate family has been able to support me because they've actually seen, they've actually seen the, um, the fallout of my mental health, Mm. like the crashes, the staying inside my room all the time, the just being withdrawn. And then they realize, okay, so this is something serious. It's not just a phase. Like mental health is a serious topic that we don't talk about. And it presents itself in different ways in different people. And that's what I really try to tackle on my blog and um on the podcast. I just really want us, I know it it might not get better during my lifetime, but I really Mm -hmm. want to start the conversation and hope that it helps people to open up more and heal the relationships that they have. Because, you know, so far I've heard people say that they've been able to heal certain relationships throughout the process, reading certain blog posts or listening to um, certain um, episodes, especially with the boys, Mm -hmm. the boys opening up about the relationships that they have with their fathers. And I was Mm. shocked at that particular episode where I had the men on and they were talking about 
you know, the, the childhood traumas and um, the relationship they have with their fathers and the things they saw their fathers go through and now how they're working towards healing. It's amazing to me. I did not realize that things were so bad. I knew it was bad and I thought everybody was just trying to deal with it on their mm-hmm. own. I didn't realize that no one was trying to deal with it at all. And as a conservative person or someone who's a Sunday Adventist, based in the Sunday Adventist church, I know that we try to use Jesus as a salve for everything, Jesus as a balm for everything. But as you rightly pointed out in um, our um, on the podcast that you guest um, that you were guest on, and one where Kemuel Brown was a guest on for the men's series, mm-hmm. Jesus has provided people with knowledge and information. Where yes, you pray, but you also go to trained professionals to get help you get therapy you get counseling these people know what they're doing it's not just people who want to be up in your business these people actually care about mental health they care Mm -hmm. about seeing the world progress because we tend to pay more attention to ailments that we could see cancer and hiv and if somebody has a broken foot but no one stops to consider the mind Mm -hmm. and they think if you just have positive thinking it could all go away and it's not that simple for everybody because everybody's case is different. So <laughs> with that being said, I just think that starting with vulnerable conversations yeah. is the way to open up the floodgates of having proper medication, um, having our communities actually take advantage of resources that they're not yes. even aware exist. And so, yeah, that is how and why the blog and podcast exists. So I have a question, Celine. You talked about experiencing anxiety and depression, not having the label or the even really understanding of what that was. What was it that gave you that insight and said, oh, and and made you realize, oh, I I have this problem. And then Mm -hmm. how did you deal with it when you realized this was an issue that I'm having? I actually can't remember, but I have a feeling it was during college because college opened up my eyes to so much. I think it was during spoken word, actually. Yeah, so uh, spoken word was a big movement on my campus. I went to the University of the Southern Caribbean in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, during those spoken word sessions, people were very, very vulnerable in a way I had never seen mm. before. They spoke about sexual abuse. They spoke about, especially mental health. They spoke a lot about mental health and crime and violence in Trinidad and stuff like that. And I think around that time is when I was able to put a name to it, um, as well as I think my very first boyfriend in college, she was like, oh, you're having a depressive episode. I was like, hmm. Wow. <laughs> and, um, How did you take to hearing me? that? I, I was open to it because at that point in time I was so desperate for answers that I would mm. you know but it took many years for me to truly embrace and understand what that meant so he encouraged me to go to counseling on campus but I didn't really keep up with it and then I came home and things just kind of like spiraled mm. and then I actually sought therapy but before I could find a compatible um therapist because that's a difficult thing to do especially if people of color you know girl (laughs) (laughs) a whole other conversation I always say finding a therapist is like finding a partner because it's yeah there's so many things that 
you don't think about, but the compatibility can really play a part in your progress, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't until this year that I was able to find a compatible therapist. And I absolutely love her. It's not that um, persons who are like a different gender, a different Mm -hmm. age or a different race from you wouldn't understand. But sometimes it's much easier when you have a certain level of intersectionality on whatever playing ground makes you feel most comfortable because again all of our issues are different mm-hmm. you know and different therapists have different experiences that could lend it to the conversation to right. lend to your healing and stuff like that um but for me before I could find that compatible therapist I um had to create my own homemade remedies for therapy I had to go in nature uh, I live on an island so the beach was the beginning <laughs> yes honestly the beach is my happy place and it depresses me so much to know that I'm not living in a oh. place where I can access the beach at all times I mm-hmm. love the beach so much so I get it <laughs> it's a lake similar to a beach like are you close to anyway mm, it's not the same girl I mean like water in general is great but a lake mm-hmm. is not the same I mm. personally I'm not swimming in a lake I'm just not doing that. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a lake up close. It sounds big and scary, but I just assumed that. I mean, like- I've been on boats in the lake, but I think the thing is that with the lake, you, I feel like I need to be able to see what's going on, you know, especially yes. in the Caribbean water. It's clear. Yeah. You can see it. But when the water mm-hmm. is green and murky, murky. And you can't even see what's going on. It's just to me, it's a little se- sketch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust yeah. it. I don't know what's down there. <laughs> Yeah, people might argue that the ocean is probably even scarier, but it doesn't scare me. Maybe that's because I was raised around the, the ocean, ocean or something. Me. I don't know, but that is a comfort for me. It, the ocean scares me. I, I stay up to you oh. know, and I go in the water. Other than that, because I can't swim. I think oh if my. I were drowning, <laughs> I would figure it out. You know, flight or flight kind of thing, but... Uh, no, I love the beach I mean I can swim so it doesn't scare me like that but I love I love the beach the sand that's the thing lakes don't have yeah. sand that's another thing oh, some people dirt? don't what is that it has dirt what does it what does a lake have sometimes it'll have like these little pebbles like stones or something but it's not mm. sand some of them will have yeah. sand like if you go to Lake Michigan I went to Lake Michigan recently mm-hmm. they have sand you know oh, but it's okay. kind of just like it's just not the also same the, the sound of the waves the smell of the yes. ocean the you know the foliage it really is something it's that's it too girl and- the smell the smell mm-hmm. of the salt water you don't get that with the lake because it's fresh mm-hmm. you get a different smell that's a little less <laughs> it's not my favorite sorry to anyone who loves lakes i'm sorry i i can't i can't get on board with it <laughs> But all those things that you mentioned, those are, I I would always suggest to people to use what you have access to. So I thought about the beach because I know it was the closest thing, it was the most accessible thing. And I I just kept going to the beach. I kept going to the beach, watching the sunset, just immersing myself in nature. That was the beginning of my therapy. And also journaling. I think that, well, as a writer, <clears throat> sorry sometimes I get tired of writing <laughs> mm. 
and so I found a different method of journaling through voice notes so anybody could do this and recently I heard somebody say that they also do video journals because they saw Beyonce I I think for a year after her first miscarriage she was doing um, video journals and that eventually was incorporated into some sort of documentary but I thought that was a good idea too so if you can't afford it yeah if you can't afford a therapist having a video journal um and recording voices on a daily basis one it acts as um almost like this um what do you call it when you document things i can't remember what it's called mm-hmm. i get what you're but saying yeah i can't yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I, mean. mm-hmm. I know what you're yeah, saying it's just like just like documentation Mm-hmm. exactly and then you look back at it when you reach another junction in your life and you see how much you've grown but it also helps you to get things off of your chest yeah um in a way sometimes you just need to say it yes sometimes you just need to say it and um yeah yeah it helps you know, if somebody I- is there on the other end but I realize it's just as therapeutic because you just get it off you just get it exactly letting it out is really the the big thing like I actually so I I that's a big reason why I started the podcast is for myself Mm -hmm. to document and kind of speak out on things for mainly myself you know Mm -hmm. on how I'm feeling and look back and I actually was talking to my friend about this because I started writing poem poems I wrote I started writing them like last year actually when everything started happening mm-hmm. I don't really consider myself a poet but be, like uh, literally <laughs> <laughs> last not last night two days ago I wrote about something that I've never written about I was expressing this to my friend that you know I've been through a lot of stuff and I've talked about it a little bit, but I've like, like you said, with the journaling, I never actually wrote down how I really feel about that specific mm-hmm. thing. And I wrote a poem about it specifically. And it was the very first time that I put, like I, I put the words to, in a way that made sense, you know, mm-hmm. and it really made me feel better. You know, it's something that has had happened a long time ago that mm-hmm. still affects me but mm. just being able to describe the situation and write it in a way that you know is explicit I think mm-hmm. it, it was so helpful so I love to hear that yeah. you're journaling I love the different ways of journaling because I think that people mm-hmm. think that it's just writing mm. down and a lot of people don't write so they're like no I don't want to do that but I love the yeah. idea of the video and also the mm-hmm. voice note because anyone can do it and it's easy and it's a release yes. like you said yeah and there is this I know lots of people have this thing against therapy because I don't want anybody to know my business. I don't want to tell a stranger my business. But with this, with your phone, especially if you have an iPhone, because you know the security is top notch. Okay. You have <laughs> a lock on your phone. Nobody can get into your phone except God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you have that sort of security, and it yeah. kind of helps you along that way until you're in a place where you could either afford a therapist or you feel like you're trusting enough to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it really helps you to work out your thoughts because I'm an overthinker. So all my thoughts stay trapped mm. up here. Yeah. And let me tell you, bottling things up is not a good idea because no. when it comes out, it comes out at the worst possible times, in mm. the worst possible ways. And you have to be apologizing and you don't want that. It's not healthy for you or the people around you. And um, 
yeah those are the first two ways that i i started you know going mm-hmm. doing my own personal therapy but also self-care finding mm-hmm. little ways of doing self-care i think sometimes people think that self-care has to be extravagant and expensive right. but you just have to it, it differs from person to person i know some people take bubble baths for me it's candles i just love candles Ooh, i love, I love candles I feel like we're twins on so many levels. I love that. And it just adds like this different ambience to my room or my bathroom or wherever I put them. Um, Also getting, I don't know if this is too explicit for the podcast, but getting a Brazilian wax for the first time in my life. (laughs) Was self-care for you? That was self-care for me. Wow, girl. (laughs) I, got I would just encourage I that. Understand. Like that's terrible. That was so it beautiful. Was painful. But listen, power <laughs> to you, girl. Whatever is yeah. here for you, get it. Yeah, I think what inspired me to do that was I um, read um article. I would not encourage anybody to do what I'm about to say. So this guy, he said that the um quarantine, him being stuck inside his house, was just totally getting to him, and he just walked out into the lake. Um, walked out I think it was like a a bridge or a jetty or something and he's like I'm just gonna dive into the water and people thought this man was about (laughs) people thought this man was about to commit suicide and he's like no I just need to dive into the water and he did that every day wow for the rest of the quarantine and so sometimes people about to stop and be like are you gonna kill yourself and he's like no and I realized it's that feeling I think it's the adrenaline rush for him Hmm right it's a general rush for him it was him doing something that he's never done before hmm. and also him um taking away fear out of something that was therapeutic so him swimming in the expanse of water I think for him it was like bungee jumping yeah and bungee um, jumping is something that I always him, wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> if you're afraid of deep water if you're afraid of if you're not a good swimmer but I think the person who wrote the article was basically trying to say do something that scares you he's probably not the best example of doing that um but if you're a daredevil and you want to go bungee jumping or Uh what's it called skydiving or getting a Brazilian wax (laughs) (laughs) same category honestly I would I I haven't done it I feel like yeah I would compare it to, to jumping out of, out of an airplane because it really is terrible. It's painful. It's it is painful. So After the first time, it gets better though. Does it though? Does and, it? Uh, it's just the razor bumps. I couldn't deal with razor bumps anymore. And yeah. seeing that I was going to the beach often. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, that's another thing. Like finally putting on a proper bathing suit without having yes. 2 million pieces of clothes on, a shirt, a short pants and this and that <laughs> and so the Brazilian wax afforded me that opportunity and I just like walked in the ocean me and all the 20 pounds that I gained in front of all these people and all <laughs> the skinny models and I'm like I'm anyone here. at the beach by the way <laughs> they don't no one cares <laughs> I, you know what say it again for the people in the back nobody cares listen when you go to the beach you're you're insecure about yourself because I also girl like I just started wearing two-piece bathing suits because I was very much like 
well, you know, we want to cover up, we want to show everything mm-hmm. here about the mm-hmm. body. But then I was like, but no one cares. Like, I can be exactly. Who is looking at me? I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I wore a two piece bathing suit. Get it, the, girl. Um, the map collection. Okay. If the map collection is listening. Please sponsor me. And this yes, podcast. sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to wear my bathing suit. I, I just did not realize that summer was halfway done. <laughs> Well, girl, you live in the Caribbean, so, like, it's always summer, yeah. honey. Yes, always, always summer. I'm but so jealous. Girl, this, this mental health journey has been, has been, there have been so many highs and lows, so many times I'm asking myself, why am I doing this podcast? And why am I writing this blog? Mm. And why am I doing this? And I really love to monetize. It came a point where I realized I wanted to monetize this simply because I would love to make this my full-time job yeah if this was my full-time job would I still love it as much mm. and I just have to remember the reason I have to go back to my why yes and that's why we're here mm-hmm. I'm that 14 year old girl who was scared and confused and lonely and just extremely sensitive because I realized that my spiritual gift is a gift of empathy I mm. did not understand that before I didn't understand why I cried so easily why I was always so emotional why I um maybe the person in the in the room who was going through the most was always like coming to me and I asked myself why are you coming to me Mm. (laughs) why are you coming to me but then I realized when God gives you a gift it is your life's work to execute that gift because that's why you're here and it could be a burden and also a beautiful thing. It's a burden because like, this is your cross. Mm-hmm. This is a cross that God gives you and you have to pick it up and follow him. But cross is not an easy thing to bear because there's some days where you could just feel like the weight of the world on your mm. shoulders, but you still want to go out there and write this blog post because there's someone out there who needs to hear it. Yeah. And like the Holy Spirit is in your mind telling you, you need to write this, you need to write this, you need to record this. But at the same time, it's like, I'm so tired. And yeah. you have to ask God for strength and also have to pull from your community. Sometimes yes. there are people around you who are there who are willing to help you. Like starting this podcast, I I got one of the things that God said is like, pull from your community. Like everything you need. And this is a message to anyone who needs to hear it, who is afraid of like quitting their job, who's afraid of starting that business, who's afraid of doing anything. If if there's a desire in your heart just do it because all the resources that you need are right in front of you and I did that I looked on Instagram I saw a day I saw all the boys who were in my community who would be open enough to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about men and mental health in the Caribbean I saw um people who were inboxing me in my gmail um my gmail inbox account and saying hey would you like to collaborate and I'm thinking to myself why would you want to collaborate with me like Mm. I'm, I'm nobody special and God is like here are all the tools and all the resources and all the people that you need in order to bless and be a blessing to someone else. Just do it. And that in itself is also a form of therapy, making sure yes. that you're executing your life's work. The thing, the desire that God has planted in your heart, just do it. Just do it. And it's a form of relief. When I post a podcast episode, I go to sleep so much lighter because I feel wow. like I've done my work for the day or for the week and I always tell myself at the end of my life when I take my last breath or I close my eyes in death 
would I be able to say that I've done all that I was able to do mm. to, to help somebody, to touch somebody, to change and heal the world? And now I feel like I'm progressing to that place. Whether I die at 80 or 105, I want to be able to feel that, to feel like I made a difference. And yes. maybe someone didn't commit suicide because of a blog post I did. Someone was able to mend a relationship with their father because we were able to have a conversation on the street or something like that. So I just encourage people to find your own form of therapy, even if it's a form of therapy just like they or just like myself, that helps other people in the process because mm-hmm. you being vulnerable could help somebody else yeah there's so many I times we're afraid that. to tell people our business but it's not really that it's like mm-hmm. your story is part of a bigger framework mm-hmm. where we could all just come together as a community and heal and this is one of the reasons why Celine and I just clicked because I always feel like I'm talking to myself when I talk to you <laughs> Because like, so we have so many similarities. We both started our podcasts basically for the same reason. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the fears that you're talking about and the things that you worry about and think about are things that I worried and think thought mm-hmm. about when you first reached out to me, it was like, I am literally nobody. Like, how does this person even know me? And this person is telling me that she's so nervous to talk to me. And I'm like a basic boring person. Like I am no one, no way. <laughs> but just like just the fact that we have been able to connect like that alone I know that was the Lord's doing and it's Mm -hmm. just it's just one of the many examples as like you said why you should do that thing that scares you Mm -hmm. do the thing that you're hesitant about because you that's what God wants to use you through and Mm -hmm. I just love to hear how he's worked already in your podcast and as I told you I mean our episode was a catalyst for a major change in my life Mm -hmm. and um that's something I am eternally grateful for because if we never did it like it literally would not have happened and so I'm grateful for your podcast and I'm here like girl do it write the blog write (laughs) do the episode everything and even the episode with the men like you got so many men to join on there I was so amazed because just finding so hard but you had I was shocked that they said yes it was so good and I love that you're talking too about just the access in terms of therapy and like the options because therapy is expensive let's just be therapy Mm -hmm. it costs and if you don't Mm -hmm. have money it's not an excuse and I've heard it Mm -hmm. from many people I myself had those excuses I don't have money Mm -hmm. I can it like literally right now mm-hmm. but I have prioritized my mental health and so like that when you prioritize your mental health not just doing that if you can but also like you said the things that you can do the things mm-hmm. that you have access to using them getting help mm-hmm. using your community resources these are things that every single person can do to address their mental health needs so I just yeah. I love that you talked about that so now mm-hmm. that you've done all of these different ways of um, expressing yourself. When did you make the step to really dive into therapy? Mm. When, unfortunately, when I was completely falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Or fortunately, because sometimes sometimes you need to fall apart in order Mm -hmm. to get the help that you need. 
Oh, that's very true. That's very true. And uh, there, there are some people who treat therapy like um like a doctor's visit. You know, you're supposed to take mm. your annual physical um you know analysis, right. and then because you've been going, they'll be able to catch certain things early on. And then there's some people like me who wait until <laughs> um and for me it was an issue with boundaries. I did not set boundaries and I there's not even one particular aspect of my life I wasn't setting boundaries with anybody not at mm. work not at church not in my nowhere and I eventually just had like a breakdown I was like mm. oh my gosh I can't send money to go to therapy I need help and my therapist was really able to help me work through that by suggest- I did start that book by the way yeah <laughs> you guys I've already <laughs> talked about the boundaries book where is it at uh, here it is it's far away actually the this is the workbook this is the workbook but this is the book y'all I will never stop praising this book let me tell you I need to finish it though. and you know I what I just want to tell yeah. you guys that if you think that you don't have a problem with boundaries spoiler alert mm-hmm. you do okay because I feel mm-hmm. like every single person has an issue with this I didn't realize I had a problem with boundaries I thought I was great mm-hmm. but then I read the book and I was like oh but this is actually like me like this character mm-hmm. is who I am and yeah. it hit me I was like oh maybe I do have a problem with boundaries yeah and that's the thing it puts you in a position of accountability because so many times yeah. I was blaming people for like trespassing in certain areas of my life when it was really me I'm supposed to step mm. up and say hey this makes me uncomfortable I don't like when you do this and if you do it again well mm. you know I had not done that. I think I was waiting for people to be in my mind or do the right thing. And uh, <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> and I just I just had a breakdown, girl. And that was a catalyst for me going to therapy and not just healing that, as- beginning to heal that aspect of mm-hmm. my life because that's still a work in progress. But other things like traumas, like I, I remember dating this guy who was like, you should not still be talking about things that happened in high school. What I do is something still impact me, still affect me. Girl, let me stop you right there real quick. Why did you say that? Should not be talking about things <laughs> in high school, still in high school, girl. What? These are our formative <laughs> years. These are things that do impact us. And I'm going to be real. Like, I still think about things like that, too. These are, re- yeah. I, think, I think this is part of the problem, though. I think the problem is that we we have these assumptions on what is trauma and what shoulds. Mm-hmm. What should be okay? What should not be okay? What is acceptable? Is this considered even trauma? You know, and we we minimize our experiences because it doesn't necessarily look like this grand issue. A word. But don't minimize your experience. That's all. That's all I really want to say. Because whatever you experienced when you were in high school, younger than that, whatever, if it had an impact on you, that's something that's important and needs to mm-hmm. be addressed continues to be discussed and not minimized girl anyways yeah because that particular issue it was it was one traumatizing event well not mm-hmm. not say one it was something that had stretched stretch on for a few weeks mm-hmm. from that I developed an eating disorder wow. I developed really bad anxiety yeah I was like I was a really big 14 year old and in a matter of months I came down to the size of a stick 
And I did not notice at the time because I was like, what are you eating to lose weight and what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But in the mornings before I went to school, I was so anxious to go to school that I was just throwing up breakfast and I couldn't Mm -hmm. eat for the rest of the day. So um, what do you call that? Bulimia? Is that bulimia? Where you're just throwing Um, up? (laughs) So you would eat throw up? Yeah, but not on purpose. Like I was just so anxious I couldn't hold on food. That's interesting. I don't know if I, really, I don't know what that's called. I, I don't know if it kind of meets the criteria for like that specific de- eating disorder, but it, it, mm-hmm. it definitely is a symptom of an eating disorder, it sounds like. Well, I have no idea what it's called, but I just could not hold down food and I was just throwing up. Mm-hmm. Just throwing up. And that's how I was losing weight. And everyone thought it was something special that was in. I was like, nope. I mean, actually, separate from eating disorder, you know, anxiety, depression, those things can have physical effects on your body. So mm-hmm. it actually is not uh, when you do, I don't know if you've ever gone to like a psychologist or something, but when they do assessments, they will ask you about physical symptoms because a lot of times, if you rule out any medical conditions, those are connected. So even like when you said that you threw up after you ate, mm-hmm. to me, I don't hear eating disorder. To me, I hear just anxiety because there are a lot of people who mm. have physical symptoms connected with mm-hmm. anxiety. So, yeah. I've been, I see, I did a questionnaire once, but they didn't mm-hmm. ask me that on the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. And so that was that. And that happened for the, sort of the majority of high school. And so people wow. were wondering, oh, how are you able to stay skinny? I, because I don't want to be here. Mm. <laughs> And that was so I have had a bad relationship from with food mm. from that point onward. So I get really, really big, really, really small. And depending on how I'm feeling, that is my relationship with okay. food. And mm. that is for some reason, he's like, that shouldn't still be affecting you. So my and who told you that? Get that out of your head right now. <laughs> get it out because and- yeah sorry yeah I was gonna let you continue I was gonna say get it out of your head because that prevents you from your healing because you're beating mm-hmm. yourself up about something that really was you never had control over that some it yeah. sounds like someone did or said something that affected you that was out of your control and mm-hmm. just the fact that it affected you is not your fault so you know what, what I think that yeah this is something that I have learned within myself, just with my divorce and being in that relationship, you know, you, especially as women, again, we tend to take the blame for things that are just not our fault. And I have learned mm-hmm. to really start to separate what belongs to me and what doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. And this is something that affected you. And I'm so sorry to hear that it's still, um, affecting you but don't blame yourself for it or feel like it shouldn't because no one is telling you that Mm. i would hope so anyway but that just links back to trauma as you said Mm. like people think that trauma needs to look a certain or ptsd for a long time ptsd was um we related it to war Mm -hmm. and veterans and no it could be in for a number of different reasons also the stemming from a number of different situations but this is why grace is so important. Having grace when it comes to the people in your life mm-hmm. and having grace with yourself. We don't give ourselves enough grace. We're too hard on ourselves Ever. and we'll give ourselves 
enough space to grow and to learn it's like okay this really bad thing happened Mm -hmm. let me forget that it happened let me grow and move on and sometimes we think that we're growing and moving on we're really just tucking it away yeah then something in the future happens and it takes us right back to that space Mm -hmm. where we did not do the proper healing the talking like communication oh my gosh Mm -hmm. sometimes so many things could be dealt with by a simple conversation yeah (laughs) we don't do that um how to no especially with our parents I'm I'm learning how to really talk to my parents more because this is this generation of Caribbean parents who are okay with not talking Mm -hmm. you know and they themselves went through their own trauma and it presented itself um in terms of how they reared us and we accept certain things as a loss because it's mom and it's dad Mm -hmm. and you know I really had to like sit down and talk to my parents about certain things that bothered me and said hey this is serious for me and I'd like if you hear me out Mm -hmm. and it's been a point of healing because it's taken a while but eventually especially with this podcast with my mom realized how serious the topic of mental health was for me and she'd sit down and she actually she's actually hearing the things I'm saying and said you know what I could see how xyz affected you or xyz affected me and that's been it's been like a really healing space that part so I love that and again that is I think that's just the amazing thing about what you're doing because the healing is already happening like yeah. your healing, your family's healing. And I think this is the step into undoing those generational things that we've just carried mm-hmm. with us. So, mm-hmm. Girl, you're already doing it. And, you know, that's what, <laughs> I said to, that's what I've said to myself. Like, if I never have to do an episode of the podcast again, I'm happy because so many things have changed since the first mm-hmm. time. And what I wanted to mm-hmm. say just a little bit, um, going back to what we were talking about, listen to the podcast or whatever. When you write your journals again, reread mm-hmm. them, listen to them, watch them again, like go back. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that will remind you. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know? Um, and sometimes we need those reminders. Okay. So then, so now we're in therapy. We have, we have recognized the issues that we have. Did you have any issues like initially getting into therapy, like any stigmas or with your family? Like, what was that like for you? Um, again, this, I ended up going to therapy because I'd reached the end of my rope. So I think at that point in time, I actually didn't tell, really tell my parents, (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I was living with them I didn't really tell them um my brother knew that I was going and I think for him it was you know as long as you get the help that you need he's always been a very supportive person That's awesome. um he's my younger brother by the way by four years and yeah he's always been a supportive person but I typically because I was afraid of that stigma I didn't tell my parents mm-hmm. until the end I've had friends though who are like why do you need a therapist if you could just talk to your friends? But mm-hmm. I haven't been able to really explain the difference between talking to a friend who might have a biased opinion and who might be judgmental because of certain things that they know versus talking to a unbiased professional, professional. who, mm-hmm. yeah, who has like a certain way of addressing 
your trauma and your issues and can pinpoint something as, no, this is not you being stupid. You're doing X because of Y and you need to solve right. it in order to get to Z. And yeah, so the only stigma was from certain friends. Um, but like my parents, I could tell that they were lost and confused <laughs> when they finally figured out. They were like, okay, whatever. Okay, whatever makes you happy yeah. <laughs> um but yeah there was a, there was a point in time I, I was going to therapy to deal with um the relationship with my parents not them exclusively but they were part of the whole um everything that exploded so it was church work home mm-hmm. um my relationship my friendships so yeah. it was all just bottled into one and my therapist really had to help me take the time to unravel and see how some things related and how some things were um but yeah because I had reached a point where I went to therapy because I was at the end of my rope no one really like bothered me my friends were like why can't you just talk to us but you know Mm. yeah did that change the relationship that you had with anyone in your life um slowly it didn't happen overnight mm-hmm. it didn't happen overnight um but there were some things that took longer to deal with that took years there were yeah. other other relationships that could not be fixed and I had to let go of them for my own mental health there were some people who just had to get the boot. Um, but there are other people, for example, like your parents, you like, you have to address right. certain things. Yeah. Especially if it's like, you know, there's some people who have like extremely toxic parents. They should never talk to them again. And certain things are just like a conversation. You have to sit down and like, hey, mom, mm-hmm. dad, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. But yeah, that's how that went. Uh, as I said, the boundaries was the biggest yeah. issue. And that takes, it takes a lot of strength, especially if you're the type of person who is accustomed to saying yes all the time. Mm-hmm. There's one particular person, um, I'm not ready to talk about her yet, but there's this one particular person in my life who just, <sighs> a narcissist on all accounts. Mm. And I, at this point in our relationship, it was too late to enforce boundaries and I had to move away from this person because it was just really, really bad. And when I say narcissist, it's like very selfish, just does, and has no idea that what they're doing Mm -hmm. is affecting people. People in my life were like, you know, you should just tell. (laughs) And the people in my life were just like, you know, why don't you just say, why don't, why don't you just enforce those boundaries? Mm-hmm. I think what happened is that I had seen people attempt to enforce boundaries mm-hmm. and I saw what the result of that was and mm-hmm. I was terrified, absolutely terrified. So I just, there are sometimes in your life where you have to release certain okay. relationships instead of staying to fix them. I think we've been taught that everything can be fixed, especially certain relationships. And, and that's um, okay. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing because sometimes we want to hold, we think it's wrong to not have everybody be our BFFs and that's just mm-hmm. not going to be the case ever. And yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes people are looking at the benefits for example if you're married they're like oh the kids or if it's a job oh you, you know you get an income and health insurance and mm. like sometimes in order to save your soul you need to step away yeah mental health is health and if you mm-hmm. don't do things to protect your mental health your health will deteriorate so mm-hmm. you have to do that period you know yeah it's a necessity i think yes yes but we don't see it that way because we can't see because we can't see that somebody's hurt mm-hmm. because it isn't cut there isn't blood because there isn't anything immediate that happens until someone takes their life and then that's a whole different story because of how we view um suicide we view it as you know coward's way out but we don't see mm-hmm. it as the end result of someone who's been suffering for an extremely long yeah. time who just did not have resources or didn't know how to access resources or didn't have like the support or it's just going through an extremely difficult time but think about all the relationships that could have been saved or all the people who could have not suffered in silence had they taken care of their mental health the way they take care of their physical health. Yep. And the way they take care of other people. Because I think that's that's another issue. I mean, I know that was my problem, you know. I know that's my problem. Currently, it's been difficult. And still, from even from the first conversation that we had, where you were talking about, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. I am still, I'm still, I've gotten a little bit better. But still a difficult thing because there are times where I just, don't understand why people don't automatically like pour into you the way you pour into them and I've had to learn Celine you're responsible for yourself you're responsible for pouring into yourself you Mm -hmm. cannot wait and sometimes I used to yeah sorry go ahead no I was saying sometimes it makes it difficult to pour into people yeah because I'm like should I even be pouring into Mm -hmm. you if you're not going to be pouring back into me well here's the thing right I remember when I was, um, I was in college, so I was probably like 18, 19, and I was involved in a group at church, and I remember I came home one day, and I was just complaining to my parents that the members are not doing this, and they're not doing this, and I just really need everyone to just do this, right, Mm -hmm. and my dad said, okay, but everybody's not you, though. You're expecting Mm -hmm. you from everyone else. And that's just not possible. Once you realize who people are and you Mm -hmm. realize what they're capable of giving or just Mm -hmm. what they are giving, not even the capability, because sometimes I think we get stuck on the potential versus what is actually right there in front of us. But when you see, okay, Selena, Celine, and the way Celine is relating to me is the way she knows how to and I need to deal with Celine like she is Celine and not like she is me. And when mm-hmm. you do that, I think you really are able to um, to give yourself more peace. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it comes back to a, a feeling of like control that we want to have. You know, we want to make sure that yeah. we want things a certain way. But that, we need to let go of that too. We're never going to have mm-hmm. that ever. So oh, that's my problem. Control. And I never yeah, thought girl. I was a controlling person. But I think I don't know how to trust. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I need to put my trust in God because people are going to disappoint you. 
Yeah. But once you say, you know what, God, I don't know what the outcome of the situation is going to be. So I'm putting this in your hands and you guide me. Because it really is, I just like, I don't like not knowing. And yeah. I don't like, I like, if like when it comes to group projects in college, I was like, why do you have to do this? Like, I, I can do it. this myself. <laughs> It'll be perfect. But the fact that I have to like trust that you're going to on do- somebody else. Yeah. Exactly. It's just so, it's scary. It is scary. It's scary. It's scary. But you know what? God did not put us on the earth by ourselves for a reason. Mm. And so I think that when we learn to relate to people in a way that is healthy and Christ-like, we're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. I don't think God put us on the earth to be burdened by the people in our lives. You know what I mean? I feel like mm. he put us on the earth because he knew that we all need each other and we yeah. have to just figure out how to be able to be there for each other while also being there for ourselves. And I think one thing I'm learning for myself is even up to this week, I was talking to my therapist about is trusting in yourself, giving yourself what you need, mm. rec- holding value in you again and not on anyone else. You know, like we mentioned earlier, big part of my problem was my value. I was like feeling insecure and I had low self-esteem because one man did not treat me a certain way and did not mm. love me the way he should have been loving me. And when mm. my therapist was, was able to say, okay, but if this one person doesn't love you, does that mean that you're not worthy of love? And does that mean that Ooh. other people in your life don't also love you? Like one person doesn't love you, but how many other people do? And how mm-hmm. do other people treat you? Do your friends mm-hmm. and family treat you the way that he did? And the answer is no, because they actually legitimately love me for me but the bottom line is Mm -hmm. I have to love me for me too Mm -hmm. and I have to be okay with that you know and when you when you place your value in others you're just going to be disappointed all the time and this is exactly how we started (laughs) exactly Exactly. right full circle right back yeah Mm-hmm. So, okay. So now we're on our healing journey and we've decided to share with everybody. What would you say is like your ultimate goal for your podcast? Oh gosh. I think about this so often and I'm not sure because what I really wanted to be at the onset of my blog in 2016, I just wanted to be the next Maya Angelou. I wanted to be a poet. Yeah, because that's why I'm originally, I'm a poet. Wow. And I, yes, girl. And um, it's funny because, you know, when they were asking everybody in school, what do you want to be when you grew up? I was never able to say this until now when I heard another creator talk about mm. it. But he said, I wanted to be everything. For me, I had no clue what I wanted to be. I was just regurgitating whatever I heard or saying yeah. whatever I thought was acceptable or the right answer. Which, spoiler but alert, I, no one knew what they wanted to do. So you were not in that regard either. Okay. Well, that, that's reassuring because <laughs> I was a loss. I was like, 
what? I want to be a gynecologist. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, girl, but a poet. So I, that's what I um, started out wanting to do, but I realized as everything changed from mm. poetry to being a blogger to, you know, the podcast, to interviewing and stuff like that, I just want to be in a position to help people. I don't know if that means I'm going to get my own radio show. I'm going to be a talk show host. I'm going to be, I, at this point in time, I don't even know. I would like for like YouTube and the podcast and stuff like that to take off in a direction that gives me the ability to, to disseminate these vulnerable conversations in a way that's most accessible to the people who need them. Mm, and I, I don't know love what that, that. Like. let me just bottle up that <laughs> statement right there okay yes yeah. and I don't know what that looks like as yet but because technology is evolving and because this period this space of quarantine has allowed us to find areas of self-expression in the strangest of places and the most creative of places I'm just waiting on God to see where he takes me in the next couple of years and just following um, his word and his command so for right now it's part it's podcasting it's blogging and it's the youtube channel i don't know what that's gonna look like a year from now mm-hmm. but for now I that's this mm-hmm. i love the celine and i you know i think another thing that we both related to was just the fact that we both don't have it figured out but we're still talking about it like as we're figuring yeah. it out i think mm-hmm. that is so beautiful because that is a thing that keeps us connected to whoever stays listening because none mm-hmm. of us have it figured out like that's just the reality we never none of us know what is going on we're just kind of yep. going with the flow <laughs> as it goes and, and yep. i think that's awesome and i think the 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 idea of also adapting to whatever technology happens is awesome. And yeah. and the underlying, like just this need for helping people. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to, you're all, as I said, you're already doing it. And I know so that God much. will continue to work through you with the podcast mm-hmm. and wherever else, whatever else comes to be. Yeah. And remember us small people when that happens. Okay. <laughs> you gassing me up girl (laughs) no I'm just talking truth girl and sometimes we have to do that and sometimes we have to remind ourselves we got to gas up ourselves okay yeah definitely so everybody go check out Celine's podcast go ahead I'm giving you your moment plug yourself tell everybody where we can find you Celine all right guys so it's the hey we need to talk podcast on facebook facebook will basically redirect you to wherever you need to go um but you could also find us on anchor.fm slash hey we need to talk pod that's very important here we need to talk pod pod at the end um also my blog www.siljo.com that's s-y-l-j-o-e and that will also take you wherever else you need to go you'll find um, access to my medium page where I talk more about mental health um, as well as be able to check me out on YouTube from that page get to so you can find everything on sojo.com or here we need to talk podcast on Facebook and yeah I hope you enjoy the resources that you see there the vulnerable conversations 
join the conversation in the comment section you know subscribe yes. to the channel you know let's do this together let's heal the world together while healing ourselves I love it. And I will put all of Celine's information in the description box below in our YouTube channel and also on wherever you listen to podcasts in the description, all mm -hmm. Celine's information will be there, y'all. Okay, before we end, you know we do our What God Has Taught Me segment, which honestly, I feel like we're talking about a lot of things that we've learned along the way, but I like to dedicate a specific time to something God has taught us in the recent times. So do you want to go first or should I go? Why, what do you think? You go first. <laughs> okay. So something that God has taught me, you guys, let me just tell you, I have a testimony that is brewing and I, I can't really talk about it just yet, but it's coming y'all. But I'm just going to say this. God is teaching me to pray specific prayers. Let me tell y'all that I have been going through a thing. I'm just going to call it that. And I've been needing the Lord's direction. Like really, I need God to tell me what to do. And you know, I've never been one of those people that's like, you, you really hear God like speaking to you so clearly or anything like that. I've never, I've never really had an experience where I feel like, I mean, I've had it a few. Let me not say that. I've had a few. The podcast is one of those. But I I said, I need direction, God. I, like, I need you to tell me exactly what to do about this situation. And this week, I prayed one night and I said, Lord, because there's kind of like a deadline with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. I said, God, by tomorrow morning when I wake up, I need to have an answer. I am trusting in you that you are going to give me the answer because you have worked things out up until this point and I just know that you're going to continue to work it out. Please just tell me in the clearest of ways what I need to know. And let me tell you, the next morning I woke up and I was doing my devotional and God is just so amazing, Celine, because I've been doing a women's study this whole time. As I mentioned this a lot of times, but in my women's study, what I've done is like, it's not like something that's official. Like you just like follow a guideline. I'm just okay. doing it just for myself. So I literally started from Genesis and every day I'll go through and just find, I'll flip through the Bible and just find all the women mm -hmm. that pop up and I'll kind of spend time studying that woman. So I am now in second Kings, right? And it just so happened that I came across a story, just the timing of it too. I, I came across the next woman that was just kind of in line was the story of the widow who lost her husband and she had two sons and she was, she was having, she was about to have to, she was going to have to give them up for slavery because she didn't, she didn't have money to pay off the credit. And just that story spoke to me in a way that I don't think there's any other story that's ever spoken to me in the Bible as clear. Like the answer Girl, was literally that text. in that story. Like mm -hmm. I said, it's kind of like I said, God, I need you to tell me the tree is green. And in the mm -hmm. verse, the, the verse said the tree is green. And it was just like, I love it. And guys, I know this is not making full sense. I'm not telling you the whole thing. And trust me, the whole story will come. I guarantee you it's going to come soon. Mm -hmm. But 
The point is I prayed a specific prayer. God answered my prayer in the most specific of ways. And we're it's still brewing, but I know, I just know God's going to work things out. You know, like how, yes, you know, you were saying earlier about the trusting and the unknown and I'm in a place. I mean, I feel like over this last year, I've been in just a very, uncharted territory unknown mm-hmm. like i'm just kind of floating i don't even know where i'm mm-hmm. going at this point and god has just taken care of me in such a way that i have no choice but to trust him that's how mm-hmm. i feel right now and so that's been something i've been learning and he's testing me and i'm learning just that mm-hmm. trust that trust in mm-hmm. god and just the fact that i prayed this and he answered me and again it's just reiterating that trust and that he's going to take care of me I, I saw that devotion girl i read that bible verse i just bawled i started crying oh. i was like god thank you thank yeah the relief you. i can't imagine it's- Girl, it's so amazing. So I just want to tell y'all, seek, ask God for what it is that you Mm -hmm. desire, okay? Because it's not too hard Mm -hmm. for him to do. Mm -hmm. And he will grant you the desires of your heart, I'm telling you. So that is my testimony, my my half half testimony. (laughs) (laughs) But I think y'all get the gist. (laughs) So for me, it's that um, I started my sabbatical um, no, typically sabbaticals of people who are in the academic arena and they take a year off and their job pays for them to be on a year off. Mm-hmm. Me, through a series of events that we will even have time to go through, I decided that I was going to take a year off from working. And everyone thought I was crazy, <laughs> mainly because they were like, how are you going to find money to sustain yourself? for the entire year and I know that my friends were scared they're like how are you going to finance it I know my parents were scared but my parents understood because remember I was talking about the things that led me to therapy yeah it was just like a total I'm I'm burnt out let's put it that way I'm burnt out and I need to take this year off Mm -hmm. for myself I need Mm -hmm. to do a lot of healing because you know we're as vulnerable as possible as we can you know on both of our platforms but they're just some things that you can't see and Daniel, when I tell you I need the sabbatical, I need a sabbatical. And it was my health <laughs> or this. So mm-hmm. the main issue was money. And let me tell you, Daniel, I do not know where the money is coming from, but the money has been there. I have Girl. never once been in need, and I cannot explain it. There are times yeah. when the money pops up. And I think it's like, what's this for now? Where did this come in from? And it's like, and the thing is, I've been in this position of trust where I told God, I know that this is the direction I need to go in because like, this is this is the only path. Like, I've mm-hmm. never been so sure about something in my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the reason for the sabbatical is so that I could focus more on my podcast than more on these creative pursuits because typically that's what sabbatical is for, for you to mm-hmm. focus on creative pursuits. But this has been eye-opening in that God is saying, I will provide for you. You just need to trust me. And it's been like that. And on top of that, all of the, all of the devotions that I've been doing every morning have been saying, just trust. Yes. Just trust. Me. 
just trust me because everybody else around me is concerned about money because the thing is bills are real okay bills Facts. are real bills need to be paid but that has not been my concern Daniel my concern has been what is the next step in my direction because uh-huh. you know I what am I gonna do for work what what am I gonna like what happens when this year is done Mm-hmm. Do I move? Do I whatever? And the text is just like, just like how you're trusting me about the money. I need to trust me yeah. about where I'm going to take you. And every morning, it's I don't know how so many devotions could have all the same theme because in my mind, devotions are supposed to switch it up every day. It's like a, it's an <laughs> online thing. Exactly, you're supposed to switch it up. One day is supposed to be about death. The next is supposed to be about grace and blah blah and resurrection. No, every day it's been trust me. Because God me. knows what you need to hear right now. Exactly. Exactly. And I have just been so... It's it's like being fed by the ravens. It's like yes. everything... Oh my gosh. Is, I just read that story too the other day. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> God is telling me that I need to focus on my healing. Because when I said things had come to a breaking point and I crashed and it was like for the the period during the podcast I don't know where I found the strength to do it because mm-hmm. I was just so exhausted I would record and sleep send out emails sleep edit sleep upload sleep I was just so exhausted so so tired wow. and you know my I felt bad because I felt like I wasn't putting out content as fast as fast as I needed to and my mother needed to remind me Celine, you're going for a period of healing like I could tell that you're in an extremely broken and vulnerable place do not feel bad about the fact that you need to rest because you have rest, not been resting girl. for years. And it was interesting that she said you have not been resting for years because I didn't think anybody mm-hmm. noticed that I'd been going and going and going and going. It's the most rest I've gotten in a long time and I'm just grateful for this space and this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another message God has given me to rest. So we need to rest. Just rest. Yes. Be still. <laughs> girl, let me just say this as we're talking about rest and Elijah and the Ravens. I actually mm-hmm. read that story recently because we're in Kings. And you know, the, the lesson that I learned from that is when Elijah was running away, he was fleeing. He was, and when he was being fed by the Ravens and stuff, there was a point where he was so exhausted that he slept too for days he just slept mm-hmm. the 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 aim this was actually after the raven the angels came and provided the food for him he ate mm-hmm. and then he slept and he ate and he slept and you know in that moment like that's what he needed he mm-hmm. was at a point of running 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 literally trying to flee from persecution and from actual literal mm-hmm. death and he was tired and he needed mm-hmm. extra rest. And guess what? God gave it to him. God gave him mm-hmm. the space to rest fully, to get that extra time of sleep, physical, mental yeah. rest, and gave him the energy. And then he was able to continue to do God's work. And I think that's a reminder that we all need for you in this sabbatical. Girl, for me too, I've been basically taking the sabbatical, not on purpose, but here we are. And <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. The rest is so necessary. So. I love to hear that from you and girl God is working let me tell you. you God yes, and he's him. always working even when we don't know that he is he's always working on our behalf too because he loves us and he cares about us and he wants the best for us so yeah thank you so much Celine for joining thank you for me in this episode me. this has been 
therapeutic as always talking to you is always therapeutic so <laughs> same for me for i love talking to you it's very easy we can literally talk for hours you're so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much celine everybody as i said check her out until next week bye bye <laughs>